When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Knife Talk is sponsored by Even Heat, the manufacturer of the finest knife heat treat ovens available. Find your next heat treat oven at evenheat-kiln.com. So welcome to episode 22 of Knife Talk. Now today I'll be speaking with Olivia from Wildcraft Knives. So welcome to the show, Olivia. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's, it's really good to, to be speaking with you today. It really is. So, so, so whereabouts in the world are you? Uh, right now, I am in Knoxville, Tennessee. Right. Okay. And how's the weather there today? Uh, today is actually really nice. It's like fifty-five, sunny. Oh, jeez. I can. Only, um, I can only dream of that. <laughs> is it cold where you are? It is. It is. We. Uh, well, I moved to France just over a year ago, and people said, you know, the weather will be so much better than it is in the UK. But um, I think it's rained every day since. <laughs> Oh no shit, I'm sorry. That's that's very depressing. <laughs> so so for those who've yet to see your work, I mean whether in person or on Instagram, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I am a knife maker. Um I just started, I mean I'm still a beginner. I started maybe about I wanna say it's been a little over three years. Um and I'm still learning. Um so I'm a little bit, I'm still surprised on, you know, why you contacted me, but yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's a learning process still. I mean, you know, learning, it never stops, but. Um, yeah, I mean, well, so your, you, your knives are fantastic. So that that's the main reason I contacted you. Um, but I think, oh, well, you know, thanks. no matter who I speak to, you know, I've, you know, even speaking to the likes of Bob Kramer and so on, everybody's still learning and that that's what's great about what right, we do. Right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so I mean, I got into making knives after a, a lifelong fascination. Really, I mean, my earliest memories are of my grandfather's knife making collection, which 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 was great. He had some lovely knives. So, so what got you into making knives? Oh, I've had, I mean, similar story. I've been obsessed with knives for as far back as I could probably remember um, since I was, you know, a small child, and. You know, for a long time, you know, I, I I didn't think I could ever make knives. I just, you know, I collected them. Mm. And then after, you know, many years of wasting a lot of time in my life, <laughs> I decided to, to, you know, finally get into it. And I just bought, you know, the basic tools that I needed um, and started just, uh, you know, and through trial and error, just over the years learned. So is this your full-time job now? Is this your, you know, your main thing? In the winter it is. I play music full-time. Oh. Um I also have a band with my husband. I did see on Instagram um, actually. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I try and keep the two separate. Uh but so, you know, I, I work I work for myself in both uh you know, knife making and music. Uh, hmm. But in the winter we play on the street for a living. So in the winter, you know, it's a little bit too cold. 
Mm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, knife making, I do this full time every day in the oh. winter time. And then summer we tour and we play a lot more shows. Um, sounds, but yeah, I would consider knife making full time all sounds, the time. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like fun. Sounds like fun. So obviously music plays a big <laughs> part in your life. So uh, what other creative outlets do you have? Um, well, I just started uh, building, I built a house this summer. Wowzers. So that, <laughs> you just slipped that yeah, in there. Well, I, it's, you know, it's, just it's tiny. It's tiny. <laughs> it, I mean, it's a very small house. You know, this is not, you know, when you think of a house, I mean, this is a very tiny house. Um, so I started getting into that, which is something else that I've been wanting to do. Um, and I'll probably do another one this summer. <laughs> just create another um, house. So yeah, just, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I've always wanted to, to build a house, so I just did it. Yeah, so so you've always been very handy with your hands then, I assume. You've always been making stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, since I was a child, that's pretty much all I've done is make stuff. And, you know, I, I never built anything, you know, that was that extreme as I'm doing now, but... I've always been, yes, very creative and very artistic and uh, very hands-on, yeah. Yeah, okay, cool, cool. So so how do you how do you market your knives? You're making these beautiful knives. How, how do you get them in front of people? Mostly online. Um, I've done a few craft markets. But, yeah, most, I mean, mostly through Instagram, mm. um, which has been a really great platform. Yeah, I mean... Again, every knife maker I speak to, I mean, Instagram's changed things. Yeah, well. man, it's crazy. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's got its downfalls, you know, but it's actually, I mean, it's pretty great for business. Hmm. So, I mean, I I appreciate it. I can get it out there to people and people, you know, contact me and I do most of my custom orders through Instagram. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, just looking on Instagram, I see a lot of your knives are pictured with sort of accompanying leather sheaths. Do you do you make them too? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, nice, very nice. I've, I've yet to yet to try that, but um, it looks like a completely different art altogether. It took a little bit. I mean, I'm still kind of trying to work a little bit more on my leather work. Hmm. Um, but it you've got to get good leather. You know, if you use like shitty thin leather. It's never going to look good. So it really depends on, like, the quality of the leather. Hmm. Okay, um, yeah. So, yeah, just get some of that good stuff and you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> and that's another rabbit hole to go down then. I'll need new tools. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah my well, wife... it's not as complicated. It's pretty simple. You'll yeah, get it. Less dangerous, I suppose. And maybe my wife will be happy in that respect, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, there, there aren't many females in the knife-making world. So, so why do you think that is? I think, well, there's a few. I uh, isn't there? I mean, I I know of of a few. Yeah, um, well, I think I interviewed Jackie from Built Knives in the past. Um, but yeah, I mean, okay, female knife makers they're, they're few and far between. So who should I be speaking to? You know, I'm 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 keen to address the balance, but I don't know who I should be speaking with. Right. I mean, I only know. I actually just found out about this one woman in Alaska. And I think her name is Grace something. And she makes beautiful, like, Damascus knives. I mean, she's like a real, you know, real knife maker. 
Um, and then, you know, at the top of my head, sadly, I can't really think of that many others, which is terrible. Yeah. So if there's any, um, any female knife makers listening, let yourself be known. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I think it's also, you know, from, you know, chill from childhood, most girls and women were taught that we can't do certain things. And I think that really, you know, it steers us in the wrong direction because we're told, you know, as women that blacksmithing or knife making is a man's job. Mm. Yeah, no, I completely um, agree, yeah. So I think a lot of women are maybe afraid, you know, for one, to get into it or they just don't feel like they have this the ability to do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I, there's so many different things. Yeah, I, I do feel as if, you know, things are changing quite rapidly over the last over the last couple of years. And, you know, hopefully that'll just oh, yeah, inspire definitely. more and more females to, to yeah, to start, start making knives. Right, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's definitely changing. I think women are definitely, you know, taking their power back now and, and saying, fuck it, and we can do whatever we want. If you want to, you know, hit some hot metal, let's do it. Exactly. You know, it's not just it's not just man's work. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so, so tell us about the style of knives that you like to produce. Um, it's it's very, I guess you would say rustic, <laughs> is what most people say. Yeah. Uh, most of my knives, they just come out the way they come out. You know, I don't really control how they look to a certain point they you know when i'm forging it just it kind of controls itself you know obviously you know i i've am in control of the hammer and i know how to hit the metal to move it in you know a certain way but the knives come out the way that they come out hmm. yeah um and they just always end up to be very you know rustic looking i guess i guess that's my style but um, so you forge them with like, yeah. old files and leaf springs, that kind of thing? Yeah, I mostly use old files, old Nicholson files, just because I have so many. Hmm. Uh, and I use, I mean, I, I, I basically use all salvage materials. I don't buy a lot of uh, materials. And that's just what I have is a lot of old files, rasps, uh, leaf spring steel. So that's pretty much all I've used. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. And uh, you know, and that's all forged stuff. Obviously, have you done any, any stock removal stuff at all with with you know maybe stainless bar anything like that? No, I've never tried. No, I mean I started forging. I've never tried stock removal. Um, when I started, you know, it, it took me also years to figure out what I was doing because when I started, I started this in New York um, about three years ago. And I didn't have any internet at the time. So I didn't have, you know, and I could have gone to the library or, you know, a coffee shop and like spend the time to research it. But I just, I was just winging it and I had no clue what I was doing. So I just started forging um, just because I really thought that was the only way. I had no idea about stock removal. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, funnily enough, I was speaking with Neil Kamamura in the last episode. Um, and I mentioned stock removal, and he 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 laughed. He said basically he would hate it because he hates grinding. He loves the forging part, but he hates grinding. Yeah, grinding's a bitch sometimes. But I did just get a new grinder, so it's like a whole new world. <laughs> it's 
it's pretty amazing. Getting new toys. That's one of the best parts about uh, oh, yeah. what we do. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's a game changer. It's, yeah. So do you have a, many... do you have a press? Sorry. Or, oh, sorry. Uh, do you have a press or a power hammer? Anything like that at all? Oh, hell no. No. I, I mean, my shop is small. I built my shop, too. <laughs> and it's probably about, like, eight by ten i mean it's tiny so i couldn't even fit you know even if i wanted a power hammer i could not even you know fit that in there it's so small just enough room to swing a hammer oh it's just my arms i mean that's it it's all you know hand forged Cool, cool. So, so, so I mean, that's, that's my power hammer <laughs> <laughs> so so we mentioned that um you know well i was gonna ask how do you learn but you've already mentioned that you know you you just you just winging it. You did you didn't use the internet. Um, you weren't looking at books and so on. Um, but you know, I had a few books. I did have a few books. Oh, cool. cool. Um, okay. But yeah, it's it's basically all through trial and error. And for you know, for two the first maybe two and a half years, my I wouldn't even consider my knives knives. Like they were so bad that they weren't even I mean I had I really had no idea what I was doing but I just loved to do it so I didn't you know I didn't give a shit if it was if they came out looking at you know a certain way or if they were up to any sort of standard because at the time I was just trying to learn that's all I was trying to do yeah yeah okay so so I mean I see you recently held a knife making class as well how did that go um yeah it went pretty well i mean that was something i did you know because in the winter in the beginning of the winter it was a little bit harder for me now my orders have picked up a little bit more so that was just you know for to get some extra income just because the winters can be a little bit rough for me um but yeah, it was great. I'm, I don't know. I, I don't feel like I'm the best teacher. My patience is like not the greatest. I'm <laughs> a very, I'm a very impatient person, and I do like to teach people because I I never had a teacher, so I wanted to do like a basic, you know, knife making class. But yeah. I'm also a beginner, so I don't feel like, you know, I should be teaching classes in the in the first place but i didn't really know what else to do at the time yeah but i think it's a great way to learn as well by you know by holding a class oh yeah questioning everything that you do and yeah i think it's a great learning process as much as you know teaching others oh yeah it definitely was i mean i learned about a a lot about you know kind of the time for the class like the time management how long something should take and you know just how to talk to people and they tried to explain because i've never had to explain what i do before Hmm. um so to explain it to a student for them to understand you know as a beginner it took a little bit and you know all my students you know they they said i was you know a great teacher which i thought was very nice of them but (laughs) you know for me i was like oh fuck this shit like i just want (laughs) to do what i want to (laughs) do Well, I mean, just this afternoon, I've been watching your video on YouTube about filing those lovely, oh, those God. intricate spine details that you do. And thanks so much for doing that because I've been struggling to get. Oh, a... that was a terrible 
terrible video. Oh, I got to get better. I'm trying to get my shit together. <laughs> but no, it actually taught me a lot because I, I, I struggle to get any sort of consistent results. So is there any more plans for really? future sort of tutorial style videos at all? Oh, I mean, I would love to. I would actually love to make a video of, you know, just a simple nice start to finish because when I was learning, you know, after the few years and finally I started to like look videos up online, I never found a simple video that explained things in the way that I could understand. And I feel like a lot of tutorials, they would skip a lot of parts and I just, I never really got all the information that I felt like I needed. So I would like to make, you know, a, a video of all the details without skipping any parts and simple stuff like, okay, this is how you turn your forge on. Because a lot of people don't know that. Yeah, yeah, you know, I when they're agree, first yeah. starting, and there's, you know, most videos they don't tell you how to turn the forge on. When I got my forge, I was like, holy shit, I don't even know how to work this thing. Yeah. So just simple, you know, simple instructions like that for someone that knows completely nothing about it. Yeah. I think that would help a lot of people. I really do. Yeah. But, you know, at the same time, I don't have, I'm really, I've gotten a little bit better with documenting a little bit more, but I hate, I just hate, you know, I just don't like to like film and stuff like that. Mm. So, <laughs> um, so, so what, what, you yeah, I'll work on it. Yeah. Yeah. What, what are you currently working on at the moment in the workshop? Um, I've got a lot of custom orders I've been trying to finish up. Hmm. Um, and those are a lot of my custom orders are that I get through Instagram. Um, so one of them was a Kabar knife I just finished up. Uh, and right before you called, I was just kind of packaging everything up to the post office. But I've got about maybe five or six custom orders that I got to do in the next week, hopefully. Let's talk about one of our sponsors, Tormac. To get great razor-sharp and repeatable edges, you're going to need a Tormac. To find out more, go to Tormac.com, which is T-O-R-M-E-K.com. Okay, let's get back to the show. So, I mean, set the scene a little with regards to your, with regards to your workshop. So you've given us a sort of a rough size. What sort of equipment do you have there? So you've, you've got your grinder now. You've also got your anvil. Um, what, else oh, are, yeah. what else are you using there? Well, let's see. When you walk in, <laughs> I've got my forge. I've got a two-burner propane forge, um, anvil. I've got a, I think it's about maybe an 85-pound anvil. And for a long time, I was using my – I had a 1x10 belt sander uh, from Harbor Freight that was – I mean, I developed such a resentment towards this thing. I can't even <laughs> tell you. <laughs> I started to really just hate it. And and then I also have a 4x36 belt sander that I do a lot of my handle, like the rough handle shaping first on. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, my setup is very, very simple. I've, I don't have a lot of, of tools. You know, I have a vice clamp, uh, angle grinder, um, two pairs of tongs. I have a one hammer that I use, two and a half pounds hammer. Um, what else do I have? Yeah, I think that's about it. And then I do, you know, a manual saw. I cut all my wood 
by hand. Um, I want to get a bandsaw pretty soon. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's very simple what I have. Okay, so what would what be your dream shop? I mean, what's at the, what's at the top of your want list? Well, for one, I would like I would like to build a bigger shop. That's probably something I'm gonna do down the line, just mm. because it's. Uh, I mean, you know, I I I don't need more space, but it would be. Yeah, it would be nice to kind of stretch out a little bit um, and have a bigger shop. But I also want to buy some property first before I do that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So, no problem. So, so do you tend to work in in batches, or do you work solely on one knife from sort of beginning to end? I usually forge two or three knives at a time, hmm. just to save on propane, and you know while one knife is heating up i can work on the other one yeah. uh, while f forging it um and then i'll just complete you know one knife at a time yeah. so it's all pretty much one or two i'm working on at any given time okay cool and is that sort of all commissioned work or do you generally like to sort of make stuff and then sell it or you know how do you prefer to work I mean, I would like to, uh, once I catch up on my custom, that's the thing. As soon as I'm done with, you know, my custom orders, I just keep getting more custom orders, which is great. I mean, I'm so grateful that people are ordering my knives. I mean, this is, I'm not complaining in any way, but <laughs> so once I catch up on that, I'll, I make knives that, you know, I like to make, and then I put them on my website to sell. But for right now, I'm just doing custom orders. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. So what tips would you have for anybody who's maybe just starting out in, in making knives and, and I think particularly sort of forging knives as well? Oh tips. Oh shit. <laughs> um wear wear your safety glasses. I really hate when when people don't uh wear the proper safety equipment. Mm. Um so that's for me that's really important. Um get a a heavy enough hammer. A lot of people they'll use, especially, you know, when I teach my classes and I'll have women in the class, they'll try and use, you know, the lighter hammers. And a lot of people are, are afraid to hit the metal. So I just would say like, you know, go hog wild on it and get a heavy hammer. And uh, also, my advice would be to invest in a good grinder. You know, I spent years on my one by 30 and it fucking killed me. I mean, it took forever to do anything. So I would say just like really invest, you know, and it's nice to learn on a cheap one by 30, but really, I mean, the grinder is pretty important. So, yeah, I mean, I started um, on a one by 32 and um, the difference then going to, you know, two by 72 is just is well it's just incredible the difference oh yeah it's a whole nother world i mean i don't know why i've waited so long honestly hmm. well for one money but <laughs> that's <laughs> but damn, um damn money stops us doing what we like yeah i just like i just like to make myself struggle so <laughs> <laughs> but i mean there's there's definitely a renaissance in sort of blacksmithing and, and particularly in bladesmithing at the moment so so why do you think that is <clears throat> Right now, you mean? Yes, yeah. I think over the last few years, I mean, there's, there's definitely more and more people sort of getting into it. 
and enjoying sort of making yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, well, thankfully, yeah. I mean, I'm glad people are starting to, you know, make more handmade products. Mm. But I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, I'm sure Forged and Fire really kind of set everything off um in the last few years and i think that really sparks a lot of interest in people would you do the show um, if they contacted you you know a friend of mine he uh, applied for it and i just wanted to see so after he did i was like oh i'm gonna go see if like what they'll say if, if i apply hmm. and i did the application and they contacted me back but the lady the, i think the casting director or whoever i talked to yeah she said if you have to learn how to weld because i don't know how to weld and you have to you know obviously on the show a lot of it requires welding not every episode but hmm. um so yeah i don't know how to weld so i couldn't do the show right okay okay it's, that's but some... I mean, I don't know if I would do it anyways. I uh, I'm not a good TV person, so <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> okay, so so if somebody wanted a knife uh, or a blade of yours, how would the, how would they go about doing that? Is that just directly through the website or through Instagram? What's what's the best way to get hold of you for a knife? Yeah, either through my website or for Instagram. Right. Okay. Cool. Cool. So I'm I'm going to finish with a couple of questions that I ask every guest. Um, Okay. The first is what you find in challenging. Anything that you'd love to make, but you haven't quite built up to it yet. Hmm. Well, yeah, a lot. I haven't made. Um, one of the things would be, I would like to. Well, for one, I would love to learn how to make Damascus. Hmm. Um, which I'm pretty sure you would need a power hammer or like six strong people to help you <laughs> pound it out but um also i would like to work on hidden tang knives with wood i do mostly leather stack knives i've never really done uh hidden tang knives with a wood handle so that's something that i'm i'm gonna do hmm. or gonna you know try to do um i would like to yeah maybe work on some more intricate finger guards um some maybe some engraving on my pommels mm. i mean some, mm. of the, some of the engraving that i've seen people do is just incredible oh yeah it's i mean some beautiful work engraving mm. so yeah things like that i mean there's there's so many things i'm sure i mean i'm still you know i've got so much to learn mm. Mm. but okay. those okay, are the cool. kind of basic Cool. So, so who are you finding inspiring? Where do you where do you look for inspiration? Whether it's whether it's people or things, what what, what inspires you? Um. Well, I mean, even if I, you know, I like somebody else's knives, I can't really, you know, I don't. My knives turn out the way that they turn out. You know, even if I try to, you know, form it into a certain way or make it look you know, a certain way, it's not going to come out the way that I want it. It just kind of naturally takes shape. But I mean, of course, there's tons of, you know, other knife makers that, you know, I admire and I love their knives. Um, off the top of my head, um, I think actually the first knife maker I ever saw online was this guy. Actually, I don't even know his name, but he goes by 
Vorn. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Vorn knives. Oh, right. Okay. Um, okay. And then there's, oh, I like uh, Free Hellblade. They make, like, really kind of, like, slim, um, smaller blades. Um, then there's, uh, let's see, John Cohia, I think his name is. And he makes, like, really beautiful, like, primitive-looking knives with, like, jaw handle. Uh, jawbone handles and antler and his knives are like really rustic Mm. um and then there's let's see another one oh my friend john john phillips he's actually a friend of mine who lives in knoxville also and he makes really nice kitchen knives and i think he actually said that he emailed you at one point and he never responded But he makes, I mean, his work, I mean, if if I had a mentor, he would be it. And he's never, you know, we've never worked together, but any questions I've ever had, you know, I've texted him at like one in the morning, be like, oh, shit, I need help. And, (laughs) you know, he answers all my questions and, you know, he knows a lot more about knife making than I do. So I definitely, you know, I ask him a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's really important to have a mentor actually because um, it can be it can be quite a sort of lonely business, can't it? You know, just just grinding away at knives. But yeah. um, having a mentor, somebody you can go to for advice and to, and to give you sort of criticism as well, I think I think it's really important. So, so hey John, if you're listening, right. I'm sorry for not getting back to your email. I'm terrible at email, so I will look through. Yeah, he's, he's mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> I will look through what I've got and and hopefully find that email and get back to you. <laughs> I'll tell him to email you again. <laughs> that's that's probably easier. I mean, I am terrible at email. I really am. So yeah, that's okay. I am too. <laughs> so apologies, John. <laughs> but thank you so much, Olivia, for taking the time out of your day. Um, I'll let I'll let you go back into the shop now. But um, yes, okay. Thank you so much. I've learned a lot. Hopefully, others have too. And hopefully, we speak again soon. Oh well, good. Well, thank you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.